I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Friday. Browns got out a victory. Now, betters, though, those that bet Tuesday or before, they lost on the Browns. The number was higher than three. Those that bet Wednesday or later won on the Browns. Dodgers, fourth elimination game in a row that they win. Still, though, only a 33% chance to advance in the series. Boston, by the way, only a 17% chance. NFL, biggest game of the weekend, Kansas City laying five at Tennessee. The total in that game is nearly 60. We'll cover all the games. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth, covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Friday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. It is a football pick palooza, and we have our most popular segment of the week coming up next segment, which is every team Every game gets one tidbit, Vegas style. And that's why sports bettors listen for the money and sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. This is exactly why these tidbits. Now, he's the fan who beats the man in studio, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where the Browns overcame a wild injury report to win against Denver. The Dodgers get three home runs from Chris Taylor. They survive, and we look ahead to a massive Week 7 in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead, RJ? We'll take care of business with Thursday Night Football, and let's drill in, because you've got a very interesting take on your takeaway from the Browns' victory. Yeah, let's start with the Broncos 14, Browns 17. The comeback comes up short as Cleveland walks out with a three-point win with a backup quarterback, a third-string running back, just a mash unit out there on the field, but they still get the job done. Now, is that a Texas style where you give the losing team first? <laughs> Did I give the losing team yeah. first? Oh, I apologize. Denver 14. Now, Fezzik does that, but he'll say, yeah, so-and-so lost 3-43. to 43. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, no one on earth has ever done that no. before. It's kind of logical, because if you're talking about a certain... Like, if I say Denver lost 14-17, to 17, but that's not how people say it, is it? If you say Denver falls to the Browns, maybe? Like, I don't yeah, know. But yeah, but then still you go with the winning team yeah, first. Yeah, I think you do. I apologize. Uh, no, 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 no. But I think... Maybe I'm starting something new. I don't know. I, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. But what I think we can get in a Freudian slip there is your take, because any sane person, oh, no, let's just say it that way. Most reasonable people would say, geez, the Browns, all those injuries, their wide receivers were banged up. They played, but boy, they were hobbled. Were they even better than the backups? Who knows? Lyman out, quarterback out, two running backs out. And somehow the depth of the Browns allows them to win and cover the late number. 
Your take is different. I'm less enthused about the Browns than I was going into that game last night. So they win, they cover, <laughs> and you're like, downgrade. Downgrade. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Denver did not look great either. Denver's also banged up. Well, that's what good teams do to Cle- other teams. Like, Browns made them look bad. Cleveland jumped out to a 10 nothing lead and then could really do nothing for the rest of the game. Now, but I think that's 0 to 10. Zero, a 0 10 deficit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, but, uh, and then we find out after, you know, Vic Fangio says Teddy Bridgewater was a lot more banged up than we let on. Uh, we thought about replacing him at halftime for his safety. Uh, but, but we said, who cares, really? Yeah, let's let's run it out there anyway. He's on we, a cheap contract. We got to win games. Carolina's paying for this anyway. That's not he our. He said problem. for his safety. Well, I think for his for the long term health is what maybe, they, maybe Fangio's long term health I from think not getting like gray hair and getting old. I, well, I think his long term job health is on the line as well. <laughs> But I just did not feel impressed by that Browns team, even even though they won a game where everything seemed stacked against them. Like you said, maybe it was sort of a no-win situation. Like the Browns were supposed to to win because they were the favorites. The Broncos were supposed to win because the Browns didn't have anybody. So there wasn't ever really going to be someone who came out of this thing looking great. Well, I, I, I think whoever, under that theory, though, Whichever team looks great, or whichever team won, and remember, ultimately winning and losing has to really matter. I'm a winner, not a loser. I mean, you could say, oh, Ric Flair, it was a coin flip at the end against <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. And no, 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 no. He retained the title. But if both teams have a case that they could win, wouldn't that make it so the team that did win, that's more impressive? Because let's say the opposite. Oh, there's no chance that team could win. No way Houston can win this week. Then it's like, okay, so if Houston's opponent wins, Arizona, doesn't really matter. It's like, oh, of course they were going to win. But if you think both teams can win, that means the winner looks better. I suppose you're right. But like I said, we, and we discussed this yesterday, it felt like if Denver somehow lost this game to a Browns team that had no one out there, we'd be going, oh, it's a See, bad I, look. I don't know, because I haven't been against Denver the whole year like you. That's true. I mean, I think you've won. And, and I'm not sure who was on the other side of that argument. I mean, I was The entire market was. Well, I mean, I don't know. Denver they was. Went from seven and a, or eight to ten and a half wins. Well, there, there was a lot of, I guess, the, you're right. The amount of action on the win total was significant, but a lot of that was driven by potential of Aaron Rodgers coming. Now, what ended up happening was people talked themselves into the narrative and didn't end up dropping it when Aaron Rodgers didn't come. But when they were 3-0, and I think most people were pretty sober about, hey, they haven't really... I mean, it's listen, you win three games, you win three games. Sure. But they hadn't beat anyone. But to me, I take the other side of this. I believe that this is a sign of the Browns' depth, it's a sign of their fortitude as a team. It's a sign of their good coaching. And I would make the case, and you've made this in pre-production, so I'll let you make it, that it says something about the value of the O-line versus skill position guys, especially running backs. Yeah, the Browns, what they did get last night was excellent offensive line play. And and it may strengthen the narrative that that that's way more important than missing a running back, missing a backup running back. If your O-line is dominant. And there's two schools of thought on this, right? There's the analytics phrase, running backs don't matter, right? And we see a guy that hardly anyone had heard of 
rushing, what, 160 yards or whatever, you could say, wow. And, and I do believe that in the last 10 years, it's gotten more the case that there's so many elite Division One programs and so many pedigreed running backs. There are guys that are third and fourth string that are mighty good, that they're not quite as good as the starters. But man, in a given game, maybe there's not much of a difference. But if you have a bad O-line, it doesn't matter. Maybe Derrick Henry, maybe, maybe a few guys in the last 10 years could overcome a bad O-line. But you look at a Najee Harris and you think, okay, good Steelers picked him. A lot of the, you look at a movement and stuff, you're thinking that guy looks good. Good college player. Yeah. You look at his yards per attempt, it's like below four because the Steelers O-line is one of the worst run blocking O-lines out there. Brown's one of the best. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that impressed me about the Browns, if I am going to give some positive to them, is they they believe that they're winning this year. Otherwise, they don't send Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham out there last night. Clearly compromised. Both of those guys end up leaving the game with injuries, but they found they they thought that this game was maybe the most important game they had right now because falling below 500, who knows what happens? This was a big win for the Browns and they put it all on the line for Do it. Do you feel like that that it was debatable if the Browns thought they could win this year? I mean, it feels like the Browns were one of the seven or eight teams with the highest expectations coming in. I did, I but I also think when you start out three and three, though that doubt can start to creep in. Hmm, it's not going to creep into the team that you think they're going to say we're three and three. We I lost think, a couple of coin flips. We should just pack it in. I think it's not going to creep into. Well, I mean, if you're risking your your best player's long term health, I think yeah. you, you have to make a decision at some point. But, you, you real quick, you bring up an interesting point: is if there's certain injuries that are painful, but they do, they don't increase the chance of in a, a worse injury. Other injuries do. I, you know, I, I'm not a, I don't know if I've said this before, I'm not a doctor, not a medical doctor, but I don't know if those, in, and you say, oh, they were aggravated or they were re-injured or, or, do, or is it maybe they weren't re-injured, they just said, you know, we can't go. You know, we tried to go, but this ankle or whatever is bad. Like, what, do we know for sure that they re-hurt themselves or, or what? Or, and with Beckham, you've got some info that you had before the game that you verified is still the case. Yeah, my... Uh, a guy that I know who works in a in a, a medical firm for or a medical service for the NFL said that he's he's talked to the guys in Cleveland and he knows the injury for OBJ is a grade two sprain of his AC joint, which is which means it's partially dislocated, and they've not been able to like fully get it back into place. So it's there is a grade three where it's completely dislocated. That's not it. He wouldn't be able to lift his arm if that were the case. But he said that's why he told me before the game last night. He said there's no way he's going to play because guys just don't play with this injury especially a receiver but he did he did so does that mean your info was wrong or that obj is just that tough i i texted mckenzie last night i said i have to give obj some credit he's a lot tougher dude in my eyes tonight than i thought he was going into this you didn't think perhaps your info was wrong i don't think my info was wrong all right i'm just saying is obj is either as tough as they come or your guy, the info was wrong. I think there's a chance it was one or both, right? It could be. Yeah. But who? listen, who knows if the Browns are uh, systematically lying to outsiders? Nobody's lying to the Texans.
<laughs> well, <laughs> worried, yeah, huh? What are they hiding from? That's AJ Hoffman. We're straight out of Vegas. Speaking of injuries, Mackenzie, we got uh, Jay Glazer reporting on Baker Mayfield's injury status. Yes, right before the game, he reported this. In addition to his torn labrum, Mayfield also fractured his humerus bone. Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> well, they, they had that scan this week. That's when they found out. He described it as when his shoulder popped out, it fractured the bone as well. Now, someone said that, you know, I actually had that line planned. Rare, it's rare for me to have a line planned. But uh, someone interjected from the peanut gallery. They're like, you should say uh, it's no laughing matter. Not as good. Not think. as good, obviously. Because it's abstract, right? That's not funny is more declarative. That's not funny is like, and every man can figure that one exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to be a uh, civil engineer right. to understand it. Yeah. Usually you don't think of civil engineers as the funniest people. On the, you know, it's like, oh, I that do. dude's a civil, I, I, I think we're going to be yucking it up at this party, right? He's a civil engineer, right? <laughs> I'm RJ Bell, not a civil engineer. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. Denver, listen, their over-under was nine entering win total entering the season. And they are clearly disappointing, considering how easy their schedule was the first three. Win, win, win. From there on, disappointment. Obviously, Bridgewater's turned into a disappointment. QBR was 34 34. Oh, but over 20 and a half completions. Oh, Ching. nice. Boom. Boy, that, that seems lucky. 17-14, he has a 34 QB. How many completions? 23. Oh, my gosh. He's just, hey, it cashed. <laughs> Case Keenum, 47 or so, well below average. Um, uh, so your thought is, AJ, when it comes to how important Baker is, I think in a game like last night, if you're if you're talking about a game that's going to be played in the 30s, Baker Mayfield is less important to the Browns. They can get away with Case Keenum being in out the there. The 30s for both teams. Yeah, well, well, I'm saying 30s in the total, like yes, 30s, exactly. 40s total. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you get into a game where you've got to win a shootout, you've got to play the Ravens or the Bills or the Chiefs. Case Keenum's not going to be good enough to get it done there. You're going to need mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, and you're going to need the good version of Baker Mayfield. That's why I, in in games like this. Case Keenum, you almost feel better with him out there than a hobbled Baker Mayfield. Than a hobbled Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Okay. And the qu- only question I have is, you're right, Keenum probably doesn't get you over the hump in a shootout, but has Baker gotten teams his team over the hump no, in a shootout? but he certainly has more upside than Case Keenum. That's why you're, you're kind of holding out hope that he can, he can do something that we know Case Keenum is unlikely to do. And obviously the contract's going to be a big question, uh, obviously, that decision will be an off-season one, it would seem. Uh, Though there is the fifth-year option already has been exercised. Um, Last point, the Vegas betting market is pessimistic about the Browns, too. And there's a sports book. uh, It's DraftKings, right? Yeah. DraftKings does ongoing win total. So a team wins. They say, okay, they've got that win. Now, how many more wins do we expect for the year? And when a team wins a game, especially when they were pick them in, it's like they picked up half a win because the projection would be, hey, you've you got a 50% chance to win a game, which means you effectively have half a win in the over-under. When you win the game, you get a whole win, so you pick up a half. Even though they picked up a half a win by winning the game, 
their win total has actually gone down. Same number, the juice is now further to the under. So they're saying, we're downgrading the Browns enough to compensate for that half win. We're going to eradicate, erase that, and we're going to keep going down. Only one reason for that is questions about Baker Mayfield. There must be a strong belief he might be out for the season at this point. I mean, it's very possible. It absolutely is. And if he is, that's a big downgrade. And the betting market is at least accounting for that, which should tell you it's a real possibility. Okay, we'll take our first break. When we come back, it's the most popular segment of the week. Every game, one Vegas tidbit you can't go without. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I disagree with speak- I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to get into the week's most popular segment where we break down every NFL game Vegas style. Oh, but the most important point, I think, is there's one point per game. We're not going to break it down 10 whole, minutes. Yeah. No, okay. We're going to give you a takeaway, like a golden nugget you can put in your pocket. And they're going to say, what's in your pocket? Are you happy to see me? And then, <laughs> you, yeah, see, there you go. Basic comedy. You don't try to get too highbrow here. Larry Sanders or something. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show, and some say the funniest show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not saying that's true, but I, I personally think it is. <laughs> the audience has more than doubled in the last year and a half, or year plus, I think it's fair to say. And why is that? Because of your support. We appreciate it greatly, and we'll keep working extra hard to deliver the best show possible with winners and jokes that are accessible to all. <laughs> you can listen to the iHeartRadio app, or on the weekend, I think a good thing to do is it's a good time to catch up with the podcast. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite pod player here in Vegas on the Strip. 82 degrees, neon's flowing. So, RJ, let's get into it. Let's take a golden nugget approach to every game in the NFL this week. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. Six and a half point favorites hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, scheme matchup advantage Cincinnati. Baltimore blitzes as much as any team in the league, except for the game against Kansas City. Mahomes, who is so good against the blitz, Baltimore has blitzed a ton they have in the past this year also. Joe Burrow this year, PFF, has the best grade against the blitz. So will Baltimore, like they did against Mahomes adjust their approach to say, oh, Burrow is so good against the I don't think so. That Harbaugh is a stubborn dude, and that's a stubborn team. In a way, I respect that they're stubborn. I don't like everything about them. He smells. You know, Harbaugh, some say that. I don't necessarily, allegedly. But the fact of the matter is, I think Baltimore keeps blitzing. And if you trust Burrow, advantage Cincinnati and I have a, a strong I like Cincinnati in this game it's not my best bet but I like it I think the Ravens have they've worked hard in every game it's been really emotional games down to the wire games mm-hmm. I think they finally got a walkover game against a good team last week this is a big letdown spot for the Ravens all right yeah I, agree. I think it's accumulated fatigue is an issue with Baltimore too the Carolina Panthers minus three at the New York football Giants okay so this is about cluster injuries and remember Remember, the Giants got what I call irrational action last week 
where the line was 10 and it got bet all the way at different uh, different outs to 7 and then the giants look as bad as any team has looked and we said it last week, Mr. Daniel Jones, his processing isn't the quickest. Maybe the concussion is going to slow it down a little bit. Ooh, that turned out to be the case. I still, though, when you see a syndicate bet as much as they did on the Giants, uh, and it was multiple syndicates, it tells me they see something with this Giants team. I'm not saying play them this week. I'm saying be, know that they're right now a wise guy favor the Giants. The Washington football team, uh, they are hosting the or they are on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, eight point favorites, the Packers. Yes, I'd say Green Bay hosting Washington. (laughs) (laughs) You want to try that one again? Green Bay hosting Washington, the Packers eight point favorites. No, no, no. I think Green Bay favored hosting. Oh, no, maybe your way. Okay. Now, Washington, this is a good example of priors. Now, what are priors? It's the when analytics people say, okay, we're going to look at the numbers this year, and we're going to figure out how good these teams are. So, in baseball, 162 games, you know, 20 games in the year, you can say, hey, we got 20 games. Obviously, NBA, 15 games in the year or so of the 82. So, early, early in the season, you've got you know, more, quite frankly, than the 16, now 17 regular season games. So in the NFL, you can't just make it about this year. You've got to make it about last year plus this year. And then as time passes, now what you've got to be able to do is adjust, well, what's changed between last year and this year? And that's going to be the driver of your week one bets, right? Because you haven't seen anything really. Preseason maybe, but not really. So after six weeks, how much should the prior still count? Well, football outsiders, very respected, they still have over half of their number on every team is based on last year. Or another way to say that is the preseason projections. So think about that. Washington then has a pretty good defense because they entered the year supposedly the fifth best or so defense. They've looked like one of the five worst. If your priors are going to be about 50% still, maybe it sounds like they'd be exactly in the middle. And that sounds crazy. I'm not sure it is. Is Remember, six games is only six games. And sometimes it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy where a team starts playing bad and then they keep playing bad because they're playing bad. But that's kind of a momentum theory, and most people don't believe in that. So in general, as much as Washington has looked terrible, you got to, on defense especially, you got to say, but what were our expectations coming the year? It's probably somewhere in the middle. Most amateur batters do not think that way. AJ, you don't think that way. I do not think that way. Uh, so you think Washington's D is horrible. I think I, I think it's there's a blend. I just don't think at this point well, it's 50-50. What's the blend? The, uh, 95-5? I think it's probably 75-25 then, at this then point. Then Washington is still would have a pretty deep, I mean, at least like the 22nd best D. You don't yes, think that, do you? I think, I, uh, 22nd, you could sell me on. Let's see how you do in the next game. All right. Kansas City, minus five at Tennessee. All right. So, Casey at Tennessee. Mahomes, a lot of people are saying, look at all of his turnovers. He actually has less turnover-worthy throws as PFF grades than he did last year at this point. So, though he had so many fewer turnovers last year, this year he's putting the ball in harm's way by their assessment even less. What is that? 
It's bad luck. You can make the case. Number two, if you look at the level of defense that an opposing or a quarterback has opposed, Mahomes is, has faced some of the toughest defenses compared to the other quarterbacks. If you stack ranked them, how tough have the D's been? Mahomes is at the top. So when you get unlucky with turnovers and you're playing really tough D's relative to everyone else and you're still scoring really, really well, don't give Mahomes any eulogy as the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he still is. AJ, you got to take on this. Yeah, the, the Titans are going to be without their top three corners in this game. Of the 184 corners that have taken snaps this year, the three guys that they have starting this week. So 184 corners have taken snaps? Have been, mean, they've been on the field for a snap this year. 184? Yes. That can't be possible. Why not? How can there be 184 cornerbacks playing for one team? In the league. Oh, okay. 184 cornerbacks in the league oh, that have taken snap this okay. season. There's, there's rank 156, 164, and 175 in passer rating against them. These are guys who are bottom of the roster for any team. These are the three best guys that the Titans are rolling out on Sunday. Now, guys, I want us to have a nice chance to giggle. I want you one more time. I want you to give those numbers because you can't imagine anyone's following them, right? 156 out of what? Out of 184. <laughs> and what's the 184? That's how many corners have taken snaps this season in the NFL. Not on the Titans. Not on the Titans. All right, so there's 184 <laughs> possible corners. Yeah, in the league. Some of them's on the Titans. Some are. <laughs> okay. Now, where do they rank? 156, 164, 175. Okay. Now, can I give you a little advice? Yes. Uh, do the math. What's the furthest one away? Like, is it 14 slots away or, you know, or the bottom 14 or what? Like, it's 184. The bottom 28. Okay. Maybe say that way. All three are in the bottom 28 in the league. Noted. With that, you think, did you, we got a Yale guy and a civil engineer. Did you follow that? I did. I I'd heard it before. I, I, my first thought was percentile. What percentile are they in the league? Ooh. That might be the way to do it. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. The Ivy League comes through. All right. Next civil engineer, quiet. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Not often. Next game, the Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites, RJ. When does a league turn on a team or when does a betting market turn on a team well they've turned on Miami Miami uh, Tua you could make the case played his best game and I think it's fair to say last week was his best game coming back from injury especially impressive but now there's rumors of the trade for Deshaun Watson and all that is that affecting the team I don't know but here's what I know the line in this game the look ahead line so that was last week's line was Miami plus, or I'm sorry, favored by two and a half. Miami favored by two and a half. Now Miami is a two and a half point underdog. Now what's changed in the interim? Tua played his best game. Miami didn't play great. Or I don't know, how would you characterize? I mean, they lost to the Jags. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> but it was a coin flip game. But let's agree, if you coin flip against one of the worst teams, that's bad. Right. Okay, so Miami plays bad. So I can accept a half a point downgrade for that, maybe even a point. Now, Atlanta, did they do something amazing? Did they I took forget? a week off. Yeah, and I think they knew that when <laughs> last week, yeah. right? Everybody, it wasn't a big surprise. Oh, look. The schedule came out earlier but in, in the summer, so yes. So, exactly. So Atlanta... 
no change. You can't say, you know, can't say, oh, we now know they're rested. Yeah, we knew it last week. If you're going to give any change, they said Calvin Ridley is going to be back this week. He missed the London game. He was questionable. They said he is playing this week. Their best wide receiver back, but that's still what it what a half a point at best. Nah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, let's give it a half. Let's give Miami a one point downgrade, which is extreme for that game against the Jags. That adds up to one and a half. Now I'm going to keep this simple, AJ. That's less than five because when you go from two and a half to two and a half the other way, you were the favorite. Now you're the dog. Why? No rhyme or reason. The market's just turned. And you know what? That's usually irrational, which means there's value, Miami. The New England Patriots, seven-point favorites at home against the New York Jets. Okay, so McKenzie, we did some research on, you know, Belichick as uh, against first and second year starters or second year players. But then we thought, what is it when he plays them a second time, a third time? What did we conclude? Even better, much better actually, against rookies. 61% overall. Well, hold on. Is it against rookies or against rookies the first time he faces them? I have both. Okay, I'm interested in that. Rookies the first time he faces them versus the second time. First time, 57%. Straight uh, ATS, second time, 83%. Five and one. All right. So he's only faced six rookie quarterbacks a second time in the rookie year. And Belichick is five and one against the spread. Plus nine against the margin, ATS margin. All right, so that tells you right now. They always say, "Oh, the league figured out so and so," right? And that's why usually year two, some of the weaker arm quarterbacks without the tool struggle. Here, you give Belichick a second crack at the same guy in the same season. And he's a rookie. Forget about it. I thought it was wild that this week two, the closing line was Pats minus six at Jets. Now this game is minus seven, New England. At Foxborough, I, I I don't see so how that that's possible. So that should be about a four point or so swing. It is like you said, about a point and a half. Yeah, and I mean, what if the Jets done? The Jets well, won one I mean, game. Well, yeah, when you have zero wins and you have one win, the Jets have played much much better. I mean, you see that, right? I do see they're playing better. Yeah, that's what an upgrade is, right? Okay. So they they were. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you might think it's too much, and maybe you're right, but Wilson's playing much much better. Uh, I mean, if we just did a quick EPA on him the last, was it two or three weeks we looked at? Last three weeks. All right, last three weeks, and he was ranked like 16th in the league, where the first three, he was the worst in the history of the NFL. So I don't know if it's an aberration or if he's turned the corner, but I think Wilson deserves some credit. And you got to wonder, are the Pats going to be in a flat spot? Because they've obviously had a lot of high-pressure games. Okay, we're going to continue... With, oh, this is fascinating. This is going to be Rams in Detroit. There's a quarterback and an old coach is meeting back up. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. When I hear about Don't Rush Your Judgment, I think of... Mr. Shapiro, Mr. Cochran, Mr. Douglas, Mr. Kardashian, Mr. Bailey. Yeah, I don't like that phrase. A PR agent might want to reconsider... That phrase. All right, let's continue. Yeah, let's look at one of the bigger lines we've seen. The L.A. Rams minus 15 and a half hosting the Detroit Lions. Okay, so this is obviously the Jared Goff Bowl. I think it's a huge disadvantage for Goff. Obviously, there's one. I mean, think about how Goff has been without his crutch as a coach. Well, 
0-7 before at the Rams, 0-6 now. He'll be exactly 0-7 if they lose this game. McVay has been... I don't want to say the was Frankenstein the thing that was created or the creator. Doctor Frankenstein created Frankenstein's monster. Oh, that's confusing. I know. <laughs> so it's Frankenstein and Frankenstein's. He didn't even have like, the agency uh, to have a name. I don't think so. That's a shame. Mary Shelley, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, if she could have acted like a woman instead of having a fake being a man, right? <laughs> Wasn't that the story? All right. Yes, I believe so. So let's keep it. You know, Let's keep towards, it football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't want AJ to get feel left out here. I think that that what makes batting so tough in the NFL or any sport really is you don't have to just be right. In any other talk show, you just got to be right. If you're right, people are happy. You know, you got to be interesting, but no one's going to say, "God darn it, you were right," and that's not good enough. But with betting, you have to be right. And the market now account for it. You have to be right beyond that. Right now, I think it's unequivocal that this is a real negative for Detroit. The coaching situation, or, you know, Goff and McVay. But the market is clearly accounting for that. I mean, by most computer ratings, this line should be 13 and a half or 14. So the question is, is this worth more or less, this Goff factor, than going from 14, let's say, off of that key number all the way up to 15 and a half. I don't know. I don't think so. But boy, if you play Survivor, hmm, that might look pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll take our last break. When we come back, we got a couple more games to go. And guess what? One of those games is my best bet. And AJ has a best bet in the colleges. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Powell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. We've been taking a look at all these the games for Sunday in the NFL. Our next game, the Las Vegas Raiders, three-point favorites hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so the question, and I don't know the answer, the question here is, do the Raiders keep the momentum going? Surprising good performance after the Gruden fiasco. You might think, hey, they're saying, let's leave us behind us. We're going to have to win the whole effing thing, as they said in Major League. Or are they going to take a breath and say, oh, we got clear of that and be a little down? I'm not sure, but I think if you get the answer to that question, you got to pick on the game. AJ, you got a best bet coming up, but you like this game too. I do. I like Philly here. Philly gives up the second fewest big plays in the league. The Raiders most reliant on the big play. The Eagles invite you to run the football. What can the Raiders not do? Run the football. So I think the Raiders are going to have a hard time moving the football in this game. All right. So a bonus pick from AJ. All right. Let's look at Tampa Bay minus 12 and a half, even without Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski hosting the Chicago Bears. Another matchup consideration here. Tampa loves to blitz. They blitz a lot. And Chicago, with the rookie quarterbacks especially, doesn't do well. Fields does not do well against the blitz. 
And to me, whenever you're laying 12 and a half, you almost want a quarterback that's not going to throw. In fact, not obviously you want a quarterback that's not going to throw the pick six. But you're, I'm saying you will trade some big plays for kind of a conservative, hey, let's lose this game by 10. That's what the better wants. Fields is not that guy. The most lopsided line of 2021, the Arizona Cardinals are 18-point favorites hosting the Houston Texans. Okay. Was that coming over the wire? It was like, Arizona, <laughs> they are hosting <laughs> Houston. I mean, it was like the matchups are happening. All right. Well, I don't know how to handicap a game. I didn't know who the teams were. No. I like, yes, I do, Houston here. Now, what's the rationale? The rationale is Arizona's got a Thursday game coming up, and it's a pretty important one. Who do they play Thursday, AJ? You remember? I do not remember off the top you of You remember, McKenzie? The Green Bay Packers. Exactly. The Green Bay Packers. That's a big game. It is a big game. And when it's on a Thursday, I think it's particularly the case. Here would be the analogy. Is in the twin games in the NCAA tournament, you have the Thursday-Friday game and then the Saturday-Sunday game. If there's a big favorite playing the Thursday-Friday game, they usually don't run it out, don't run it up because they want to rest their legs because they got a game in two days. But if it's the second game, the weekend game, they tend to play longer and harder and run it up. Why? Because they got the whole four or five days. Here, you got a short week, an extra short week, and it's a big game. I don't see any reason Arizona cares about motivation here. So, or I'm sorry, cares about margin here. Thus, I like Houston. It's a painful one. Okay, best bet, A.J. Hoffman in the colleges. Now, something to think about with A.J. You have a quarterback prop on the over, like Barney at the bar would. What, what else do you have for us? Who are you laying points with? I can get even more square than that, RJ. I'm laying 12 in the first half with Liberty coming off their most embarrassing loss Hold of the season. You're betting first half lines with Liberty. Minus 12. <laughs> oh, he's going for a winner here. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> they get a North Texas team that's been dreadful to start games. The last four games, North Texas has been outscored 127 to 21 in the first half. And with Liberty focused coming off the most embarrassing loss any team's had this season, I think Liberty goes out there and gets some real margin and gets a really, really bad team. So Liberty minus 12, first half, my best bet. First half only. By the way, they outscored them by 106 points. Good math. See, 127 minus 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Now, okay, okay, I like it. Because here's the thing, it could be a quirk. It could be small sample size, but in a way, if you like, here's the thing about those first halves. If you like Liberty anyway, I don't mind you going first half. Would you bet, if you couldn't bet the first half, would you bet the game? I would, but I'd be less excited about it because North Texas, they've come back in games where they've been getting blown out. Teams let off the gas. All right, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. Destination. Come on, baby, $80,000. <laughs> Best bet of the week, Hyde McKenzie. We're going with the Colts Sunday night football plus four. Plus four is out there. Now, what do we know about Jimmy G? Well, we know Fezzik loves Jimmy G. That's 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 the easy part. I love Jimmy G. <laughs> I mean, let's just listen one more time. I love Jimmy G. I mean, the, 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 the tenor in his voice, the, the depth of Does it. Does he still feel that way? 
No. Okay. No. He turns quick on I mean, if someone loses for him. But here's what we know. He has to be pristine. When he's 100% and the wind's not blowing, he's fine. But, boy, you get a little twisted ankle, gets a little bit of grass in his eye, you know, like from the field. Oh, my, do things plummet. And Jimmy G's coming off an injury. So odds are he's not 100% healthy. And I really believe that hurts Jimmy G more than the typical quarterback. On the other hand, you've got the Colts who have Wentz last week was his best quarterback grade ever at PFF in his career. I mean, I'm talking back to this MVP year he supposedly had. The Colts are a team. The record is poor, but they are surging. And this is an example of we're going to be a little bit ahead. It's easy to say, oh, look, the Colts are hot. If the Colts win this game, everyone's going to say the Colts are hot. We're going to say a little early. We're ahead of the curve here. Best bet. And I don't like Wentz generally. Best bet, though, Colts plus the four Sunday night football. What do you think of that pick? I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm with you on that one. If you missed any of today's show, including a, a, the golden nugget approach to every game in the NFL this week, check it out at the podcast site, foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. I like my best bet better than your best I bet. Like, I like mine better than yours. I don't think you really do. <laughs> See you next week. Straight out of Vegas!